Today's episode of The Daily Ding is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to thedailyding.robinhood.com. That's thedailyding.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. The 16th president of these United States, yeah, Abraham Lincoln. Fine. Let's give him a big round of like applause. Like you know anything it about fashion. It is such an fashion. honor to be standing near you, Mr. President. Reverse flush and <laughs> ain't that a smooth one. This all goes, and I hope I have no friends. And his response was, I'm sorry, I just wanted a frosty. I want Tyler to know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his last. How dare you? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We've got all your action covered from one game in the NBA on Tuesday night. I'm your host, Dave DeFord, joined by my man in New York, Mike Vorkanoff. What's up, Mike? How's it going, Dave? It's going great. It's about time they got us together on this show. And uh, super producer Rob Lopez, still trying to figure out why there's only one game on the schedule tonight. I, we, we haven't been able to put our finger on that. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that, too. It's so weird. You know, they could probably use more nights where there's only one or two games and really highlight, you know, good matchups like we had tonight. Coming up on today's show, Chris Paul is keeping his money. Sham Sarania joins us to talk about some trades. But first, the Clippers are back on track. The Clippers defeat the Mavericks 110 to 107 in Dallas. Clippers are now eight and two in their last 10, four wins in a row. Uh, Mike, I really thought Kawhi owned this game tonight. He was ridiculous. I mean, throughout the whole thing, too, it wasn't like it was a, a late surge by him to get the the win for the Clippers. He was just dominant the whole time. It was fun to see him too, kind of like moving around normally, dunking on people, uh, doing his thing. He's blocking shots, getting on the open court, throwing it down. It's it's a, it was like a virtuoso Kawhi performance. Yeah, he really, you know, he struggled shooting the ball a little bit this year. But these sorts of games are the ones that remind you, oh, yeah, this guy is one of the five best players in basketball. Yeah, and it's it's been like a weird Clipper season too, with him missing uh, missing time. Paul George has missed time, and like the Clippers have been in this kind of funk a little bit. And it's just it seems like this wasn't exactly the year maybe everyone expected from them. And then Kawhi goes out and does something like this and just uh, takes a win away from Mavericks. Yeah, and the Mavericks not only did they lose the game, they also lost Dwight Powell uh, seemingly for the season, according to our own Sham Sharania. Dwight Powell was diagnosed with a torn Achilles tendon. Uh, Mike, this is a, a massive blow for, for a team that probably felt like it was going to be able to do a little bit in the playoffs. I mean, he, he's just been vitally important to their offense. Yeah. He's a starter for them. He, you know, he plays 27 minutes a night. Um, he really compliments, 
Kristaps Porzingis in the front court. And and Dave, I'm wondering, like now they have to give Maxi Kleber more time. I, I always felt like the Mavericks were kind of light on the top side of the roster behind Doncic and Porzingis. Um, I, I don't know. How do you think like this affects them going forward? Because it, it just makes it more urgent for them to get help, especially as a five seed. Yeah, I mean, listen, there there's going to be a, a, a push, a narrative push for these guys going into the deadline to push some chips on the table and try to try to get some help, especially in the front court, because like you said, they are light in the front court. Powell was doing a great job guarding centers while Porzingis was on the court with him. So he would actually take some of the workload off, keep Porzingis from getting banged up in the post. Um, I hope they don't. I, I think they need to address this year. One is what this year is, you know, taking a swing, at a, at a finals run that's not going to happen just doesn't make much sense. So unless there's a guy that they were already interested in as a long-term piece, which you know there are guys out there, there are guys that are in that are expiring contracts that they may want to trade for, so they have their bird rights and then re-sign this summer. So I hope they just stick to the plan. And and to be honest, it's not like the Dallas Mavericks are are not a pragmatic franchise. If anything, they will take the slow approach. When you've got a guy like Luka Doncic, you have to think big picture. You can't just say, wow, we got to go get someone to fill in for Dwight Powell. I mean, this is going to affect them into next year, too, right? Like it's an Achilles tear. That's going to be a two year injury um, type of thing. So if they do go for someone, like you said, it has to be for multiple seasons. That's got to be the viewpoint with them. They have the ability to look long because uh, they have the two most important pieces in house already. Uh, I do hope it's a little more Boban time this year, though, like selfishly. I don't know if it helps them win games or not, but I want to see more Boban. Do you, what do you want them to play with Porzingis? Wouldn't that be awesome? Boban <laughs> and Porzingis together. Imagine that front court. Uh, imagine that defense though. It's not, I mean, Dave, not you're, you're thinking pragmatically. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Porzingis, uh, he, he missed 10 games with a, with a little knee issue. First game back, looked a little rusty, was four of 17 from the field. One of eight from three, you know, Porzingis is a guy they really need to come around. Uh, he's going to have to pick up even more of the load now that Dwight Powell's out. I thought he looked pretty good before he he missed time with his injury. And, and clearly, like, missing 10 games in the middle of the season is not ideal. No, and especially because he's had a knee injury before, so I'm sure he wanted to be safe with it. Tonight he was rusty, obviously. Like, the 4 of 17 shooting from the floor gives it away. Um I don't know. Everything kind of seems short a little bit for him and late in the game too. He couldn't hit shots. He didn't get a few good rebounds that the Mavericks really needed. It's going to take time for them uh, to bring him back into the fold. I assume, I assume they want to do it slowly. He only played 27 minutes tonight. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how hard they push him right away before the all-star break. Yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic leading the way for the Mavericks with 34, 10 rebounds, nine assists, pretty ho-hum night from Luka. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. with 13 points and, and Boban had 12 points and seven rebounds off the bench for the Clippers. Landry Shamit, 18 points, uh, hasn't really been setting the world on fire this year, but this was a good game. They need him to come around. They really do. Like he's supposed to be their, their marksman, right? Like the guy who spaces the floor for them, um, the three point shooter. I, I feel like he's been so up and down this season. They just need him to be consistent, uh, especially if they're going to have injuries going forward. And I think he's shooting what? 36.7% from three this year. I was kind of expecting a bigger year from him. Yeah, I, they definitely work too. Uh, Lou Williams was 16, five rebounds, four assists off the bench. Montrez Harrell with 12 points and nine rebounds also off the bench. In news, 
Chris Paul was asked <laughs> during a story for Sports Illustrated if he would decline his $44 million player option in 2021-2022 to join a championship contender. Uh, Mike, I'm going to pose the same question to you, and I guarantee your answer would be exactly the same. Oh, hell yeah. I'm not giving back $44 million. I'm yeah. sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sure who wrote the story, but no. Like, why? What's the point? <laughs> For what? For what? rings? Yeah. I, I don't know why we expect athletes to sacrifice. I mean, $44 million, especially that much yeah. to, to what you're not guaranteed a ring. Like, even if you were to opt out and go to whatever team he goes to, it's not like they're guaranteed a, a ring and Chris Paul gets that at the end of his career. I'd, I'd rather have the $44 million and try to do it my way. Well, but also think about what would happen if Chris Paul starts ring chasing and he wins one. Oh, well, he only, he only won once he was washed up and he went and had to join other guys to win. So, like, it's a lose-lose situation. But the biggest thing is he'd be losing $44 million. Yeah. And, and it's no he's yeah, the, no way. He's the union president, too, I think. I, that's kind of like a bad look if the union president is the one giving back all that money, too. Absolutely, especially after fighting for older players to be able to get these contracts. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I can't imagine. I was thinking, too, in my head, like, what's the most amount of money you would give back to opt out and go to another team? And it's nowhere near forty four million dollars. No, maybe forty dollars. I'll give up forty dollars <laughs> to go join it, you know, to join a champion, but not forty four million. And uh, we got some big dunk contest news. The Los Angeles Lakers have officially confirmed that Dwight Howard is participating in the twenty twenty Slam dunk contest at All-Star Weekend in Chicago. Mike, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for Dwight in the dunk contest? Uh, like a point five. Yeah, I'm actually more nervous that he's going to get hurt um, <laughs> somehow, you know, doing something ridiculous. He's been so great this year. He's looking good. I, I, I feel like, you know, not exactly the best use of time to to go out and, and you know, potentially hurt yourself as a as an older gentleman. Uh, trying to do some ridiculous things. But with that being said, you know, it's definitely a nostalgia play and uh, the NBA could use it. I guess. so. I mean, I, I feel like the NBA should be using that spot to like hype up someone else. You know, I don't know, Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks. I know I cover him, but he's a really fun dunker. Like uh, Robert Williams for the Celtics is a really fun dunker. Put someone, someone new in that spot. Like get them, uh, get them some shine. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But Dwight, you know, hopefully, He'll do something ridiculous. I mean, the sticker dunk still one of the most insane dunks to ever happen at the dunk contest. I mean, just a feat of of athleticism that I don't think anyone else has touched. Do you think he pulls out the Superman cape again? For sure. It's happening. That's it's happening. I, is there is there a bet? Is there a line for the Superman co- costume coming out? Yeah, I, I think like Vegas would put that at like plus 150. Yeah, it's going to happen. Joining the Daily Ding to talk us through some of the happenings around the league as we head into the trade deadline, the Athletics' own Shams Sharania. Shams, how's it going? Dave, what's going on? Great joining you. Yeah, uh, not a whole lot. Talk to me about Zion, man. Uh, the guy that the league has has built the entire season around, finally coming back from that knee surgery. Everybody's excited. What are you hearing right now? Yeah, I think overall throughout the Pelicans organization, there's tremendous excitement. And, you know, David Griffin, the executive VP, he's wanted to see this team fully together with 
Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, um, Josh Hart, all these guys that they have. Derek Favors, who's played a major, major role for this team anchoring at center. He's wanted to see these collection of players together. We haven't gotten that chance because Zion Williamson has missed the first few months of the season with that torn meniscus that he suffered. Um, he still doesn't know when he suffered. The team still doesn't know, but he ended up having surgery right before the start of the season. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of excitement around new Orleans and, you know, it's, it's had a direct reflection of the trade market. You know, we've reported extensively on how the Pelicans are probably the leading team um, that could dictate this market. And so far, Dave Griffin has maintained he does not want to really open up any type of conversation. He's told multiple teams, I'm told, that he does not want to talk shop on trades until he sees his collection of players. Now, that could be through these you know, eight or so games before the trade deadline. That could be the entire season. That could be the start of next season. So it remains to be seen how far David Griffin, you know, goes as far as wanting to see this, this template of players, but there's a lot of excitement. You know, I'm told there's not going to be a strict minutes limit on Zion Williamson. They're really just going to see how he performs in his burst of playing time starting Wednesday against the Spurs. I'm sure in their mind, they have an amount of minutes that they want to limit him to maybe it's 25, whatever the case um, I would expect him to start so he doesn't come into the game tight. Um, but they're, like you said, Dave, there's a lot of expectations, a lot of excitement now that Zion's back and they're three and a half games out of the eighth seed. Yeah, three and a half games. And this is a team that I think could actually benefit from making that eighth seed. Yeah, their goal all along has been going to the playoffs. And you don't want to have a roster with, with J.J. Redick, Drew Holiday, uh, Derek Favors, and not compete for a playoff spot. Because the moment that they get six, seven games out, eight games out, and were, you know, if they were six to eight games out, um, you know, like they were last year around this time when Anthony Davis requested a trade, you know, I think a lot of people would have been expecting the same out of Drew Holiday. But the fact that they're three and a half games out, you know, Drew has shown, you know, he he wants to be in, um, you know, in New Orleans, win in New Orleans, and they're three and a half games out. Zion Williamson, who was a walking 20 and 10 in preseason, is on his way back. Yeah, he had one of the greatest rookie preseasons in history, if anybody cares about that. Uh, another guy coming back from injury, Victor Oladipo, suffered that quadriceps injury last year. Uh, the Pacers have surprised without him and have been really, really good. How do they envision him coming back into the lineup and fitting in rather than having the team fit around him? That's the challenge in Indy. And, you know, Oladipo told me in our sit-down uh, that I released in the last week that, you know, when he comes back, he's coming back guns blazing. He's coming back full throttle. As he said to me, um, he, he wants to be that star player. He wants to be that face of the franchise and he's earned that two, two time all-star before his torn, uh, torn quad. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, questions around Indiana as far as how will he fit in and how will the team adjust with him back in the lineup? Someone, whether that's, Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren, um, Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell, someone's minutes are going to fall drastically and they're going to need to adjust accordingly. But um, anytime you integrate a player of Victor Oladipo's caliber into the lineup, someone is going to have to adjust and there's going to be sacrifices made. Um, I expect the Pacers, the one thing that I've heard from talking to them is they're going to be very, very cautious integrating him back into, into the rotation. He wants to be full throttle, but the team is going to be very cautious bringing him back, whether that's, you know, 20, 25 minute restriction, um, you know, maybe looking at bringing him off the bench to start um, in his return. But, uh, you know, I, I would expect there to be some growing pains at least early, but as things get going, you know, Victor Oladipo has the ability to be that you know, difference making player for this Indiana Pacers team going to the playoffs. They've 
what they've been able to do, the culture that they've been built, you know, the last few years has been remarkable. Yeah, and he and the Pacers are only two and a half games out of the two seed right now in the East. It's all very bunched up with Miami, Toronto, Boston, Philadelphia, and Indiana. Heading into the deadline, how many of these teams are buyers? I, I, it feels like the market has not been established yet. We don't know who's buying and selling, but what are you hearing? You could see teams like, you know, Philadelphia, it's clear, you know, as the fifth seed, they haven't you know, gone to the goal, you know, extreme lengths that they've felt, you know, they, they probably were looking at easy top three, top two seating, and maybe even number one. And they're at the fifth spot. I expect them to be aggressive. Uh, Boston, I think is going to look around potentially to add another big, um, you know, Toronto, I've even heard in the marketplace trying to add to their team, not detract uh, Miami, Milwaukee, I think like what they have going, but they will look at potential options to improve their team. Um, and then, you know, out West, you're going to have, you know, several teams, whether it's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, um, Dallas, I've been told wants one more wing defender, um, that they can potentially plug on guys like LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard, um, and Houston, as I've reported extensively this season, they're looking for a wing player. Um, you know, Memphis has two pieces that I've been told have gotten the eyes of a lot of teams around the league. One, at least in Jake Crowder, you know, a, 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 a good contract for teams, a guy that you can go and make a trade for. He's fit right into that culture. What Jay Crowder has been able to do fitting with John Morant, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he's built, you know, he's built a great chemistry there with those guys and built a real identity for that team. So he's going to get an interest going into the deadline as well. Uh, my, my favorite guy that's like on trade target lists. And, and you've reported this with our own John Krasinski, D'Angelo Russell, Minnesota seems to really want him. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, as John and I reported last week, they have intensified their pursuit again of D'Angelo Russell, that trade for Jeff T, um, you know, even in the days leading up, you know, my conversations with John, as we were reporting that story out, that was just a precursor toward their pursuit of D'Angelo Russell. And then also, you know, the market heating up on Robert Covington. Now, how quickly will that happen between now and February 6th? It remains to be seen, but um, clearly what they're offering Golden State right now is not cutting it. And so they're going to, you know, these sides are going to continue to have a dialogue as, you know, we get closer and closer to February 6th. So who do you expect to uh, help the Lakers out as we look to head to the toward the playoffs? Uh, we know that they've got a little bit of interest in Derrick Rose. They don't have a lot to trade. Kyle Kuzma is probably the best piece that they have available. Uh, how are they looking right now as far as, you know, teams trying to bolster their roster heading into the playoffs? Yeah, I think the Lakers are going to be, you know, inquiring about different guys. Potentially that could help their team. But listen, you know, in talking to people around this organization, you know, players, um, people around these players, the locker room, these guys are so tight knit. They genuinely love each other and, and really have, a, have developed a bond on bond on and off the floor. And so how, you know, th th there's a value in that. It's a valuable asset, a commodity to have your team with great chemistry and how much will Rob Palenka, the GM look to tweak with that. I'm not sure if at all. And so, you know, you look at a guy like Darren Collison, who's going to end up making a decision at some point on the all-star break on, if he comes out of retirement, if he does come out of retirement, going to either the Lakers or the Clippers, the Lakers have more money with that disabled player exception to give him. Um, that's going to be a name to monitor. Um, you know, I've been told the Pistons have a, a high asking price for Derrick Rose. I don't think they're itching to trade him. I think it would take at least a first round pick to even consider for the Pistons to move Derrick Rose. And I think the Lakers are oozing with first round picks or assets um, of young players or picks to go trade for a guy like Derrick Rose. So, 
Um, I think it's going to be very much moves around the edges than anything major for the Lakers. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting trade deadline to watch, especially with a a very weak free agent class this summer. Uh, So we're all going to be watching your Twitter feed, waiting for the reports to start rolling in. Shams, thanks for popping on. Dave, I appreciate you. Thank you. Special thanks to to Shams Sharania for popping on the show and talking to us a little bit about things that are coming up at the trade deadline. But that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about all the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like Back to Back, No Dunks, Tampering, House of Strauss. Plus, we have over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget to follow the shows you listen to on the app so you get notifications for new episodes. And if you're not already a member of The Athletic, what are you waiting for? You can get all of our podcasts without ads, plus fantastic writing across all major sports for a super low price. Get 40% off your subscription today at theathletic.com slash dings. You never know when these promos are going to end, so go now and sign up. Thank you guys for waking up with us. Mike, take us home. Ding, ding.